0: gentlemen thank you for joining us on another episode of the 1099 as always i am grateful you're here with me and today i'm grateful to have back on the show the ruler of ringouts the boss of beatdowns the combo heartbreaker Khalif adams from spawn on me ka how you doing man i'm chilling man thank you so much for having me i'm
1: super excited to rock with you the magical wonderful intro made my heart sing and also i think i got four hp off of that so i'm good I can still continue into the next round, into the next part of the bracket. So I'm super excited.
0: Yeah, you know, too many damn fights this year at EVO 2019 came down to probably about 4 HP uh, or, or some equivalent to that. And I think I owe EVO for keeping me sane this past weekend. Uh, of course, if if anyone is listening to this, the week it goes up and not weeks from now for some strange reason. Uh, It has been a difficult week in uh, American society. We have the uh, tragic shootings in Ohio and Texas. And before we jump into talking about the magic of EVO 2019, uh, I just want to point out that uh, IGN has a great link that you can go to. I'm going to include that in the show notes uh, on soundcloud.com and I'll put it on Twitter as well, uh, where you can go and you can donate some money to the uh, relief fund for the victims and their families. So make sure to check that out and uh, our hearts go out to everyone. And yeah. Uh, So other than that, of course, like I said, Evo, uh, the biggest fighting game tournaments arguably in the uh, Western world. And Ka, you unfortunately weren't able to go, but you were planning on it originally, and you did uh, partake in the festivities throughout the weekend a bit, right? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I was
1: was excited to be able to possibly go, and then some unfortunate circumstances happened that you'll hear about on Spawn on Me probably the same day that this drops.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But... It is the it is the thing I look forward to the most because I'm a huge fighting game fan. So being able to even watch Evo on Twitch is still one of the best things on the planet because everyone in that community is super super smart about fighting games. It is a place where you know if you're watching on a streaming a sur- streaming service, uh, the chat can be a little bit boisterous. Is the word that I will use uh, <laughs> for for describing uh, the way that it goes down in the chat but it is one of the best events to be able to see human beings go through the gamut of emotions. And I absolutely just love every moment of all that stuff. I think I spent probably at least maybe eight hours on Saturday watching and then watched most of everything. Well, I watched bits and pieces of stuff on Sunday, um, highly kind of just involved with the Mortal Kombat community. Cause I love MK, um, but it was a fantastic, uh, uh, I was about to say E3. It was fantastic, Evo.
0: <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing here. fantastic about E3 lately, trust us. <laughs>
1: nope, not a drop. Anyway.
0: Nope. Uh, yeah, no, and I, I started following Evo back right around uh, uh, when Long Island Joe, I believe this would have been 2016, when Long Island Joe was in the top eight for Street Fighter. And that was kind of the first, at least in my memory, I'm sure it's not literally the first. It's the first in my memory where an American got real damn close to uh, taking home the gold on that. And, of course, the, the common conception of the the eSports world, be it fighting games or something more like Call of Duty or, well, not Call of Duty, but like Fortnite or, or CSGO, uh, is that it's, it's a field dominated by the Asian community. And they put in just the same amount of hard work, uh, but it's been understandable that the Western community... Uh, can sometimes feel a little uh, lacking for that respect. But this was a year with so many opportunities uh, for competitors. And like you said, just super emotional and so today i really wanted to dive into one of course why evo is special to us uh why these particular games are special to us mortal kombat for yourself and i believe soul Calibur for me most of all and uh just talk about our favorite moments and maybe what they mean for uh, the broader gaming community as well as evo itself
1: Mm, yeah i think that there were some really fantastic moments just across like it depends, too. Like, I'm happy that you brought up the conversation about Eli Joe. Like, L.I. Joe is, like, one of my favorite. Um, I'm not even going to say characters, because I feel like everyone in that uh, fighting community has, like, such wonderful personalities, especially if you've seen them over the years kind of grow into their spaces. Mm. I remember that year. I think that might have been the year that Eli Joe brought his dad to see him compete.
0: I think his dad Um, like surprised him there. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it was fantastic because like everybody was rooting for him and it was like the one chance that the USA had to bring it, had a chance to bring it home um, in Street Fighter and it was like really, really dope to be able to see that. But, you know, this year was something that was really important, I think, for the scene, I think, Um, especially off the back end of coming off another esports event, the big Fortnite tournament. I feel like the fighting game community mm. had their chance in the in the sun to be able to showcase exactly what they're there doing and, and how wonderful that community can be when they all are rallying behind each other, which for, you know, for history's sake, a lot of folks have been talking about that specifically to say, you know, the fighting game community has always had its problematic members and its problematic speech and it's always had this bad boy uh, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, feeling around it where it was like, we want to be rebels. We don't want the, the, the man to get us and, and to co-opt us, but it feels like the more that they're growing and the more that the, the fighting in community has, uh, expanded, that it's become not only just more welcoming to everybody as a whole, but also it's been more tolerant. It's been way more progressive than a lot of other spaces that we've seen. And it's been just really dope to see them grow into their, grow into their skin.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's good that you raised that point because uh, both in Soul Calibur and uh, DBZ Fighters and uh, Mortal Kombat and uh, Tekken 7 especially, we had these great shining examples of the the diversity of the FGC community, uh, fighting game community, community. (laughs) And I guess let's dive into, yeah, some of those special moments. I think for me, at least broadly, the biggest most important moment to come out of evo 2019 was the winner of the tekken 7 Mm. uh finals uh arslan ash a 23 year old pakistani uh young man and wins it uh pretty narrowly if i remember correctly and gets up and does the kind of typical you know hooray arms up in the air yay i win and then he performs the uh the kneeling prayer or sujad, uh, that is, you know, commonly associated with, uh, Muslim faith mm. and, uh, did not expect that. I didn't know squat really about Arslan. Uh, but to see that performed on stage, mm-hmm. uh, to see that put into the eyes of everyone in that stadium and the, you know, a couple hundred thousand people probably streaming it at home, Um, really goes a long way to show where the fighting game community has dug its roots in, right?
1: Yeah, like one of the first of all, I I, I've always thought that there have been specific parts of of the Muslim practice that have been just beautiful in terms of just the way that it is presented, and Mm -hmm. to being able to see um uh Arslan do that on stage with that many people watching i think at peak they were at like two hundred fifty thousand people maybe watching at that point something like that mm-hmm. on twitch um and tekken 7 was the game that kind of had the most people watching at that point because tekken 7 is such a wonderful game to watch and the folks who commentate that stuff t- shout out to tasty steve and the rest of those cats. um
0: doing... i had i had food once with tasty steve that man is a is a saint
1: oh i love tasty steve t- and, yeah. and t- there's another conversation about just how those folks have grown as well right um but being able to see him do that and perform that act on stage and understanding that the cultural significance of that moment across so many different beliefs and and and, and sex and, and and people who are in all these different um, spaces to be able to have that be a thing that was displayed and then celebrated not only just from the folks who were in the FGC, but for folks who are outside of the FGC. Being able to see something like that go down was beautiful. It was was dope and it kind of, again, speaks to just how welcoming certain, certain parts of the community can be because it feels like the more that we continue to expand as the fighting game community, everyone is learning about each other's cultures. Everyone is kind of Starting to get into spaces where, you know, you've seen it often with um, American and Japanese culture, with with the crossovers there, of of, of cats learning Japanese to be able to be better fighters in those games and be able to, you know, just read subtitles when they play it in J- with Japanese text. But now seeing things like this from a Pakistani kid coming through and wrecking wrecking people and doing that work and then getting to the top of the stage for Evo, that's a huge thing. For esports, that's a huge thing. Hmm. So. I'm I'm excited to see where that goes and hope that hopefully that kid, you know, continues to to do wonderful things in the space.
0: And you know, not not to knock a a different sector of esports. Uh the, the Fortnite World Tournament ended not long uh before Evo started up and uh, of course the winner there was a a 16-year-old uh American boy um whites looked looked like any kid you would really see in any kind of midwest uh high school
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: uh all those people you know all those competitors put in a lot of good work i i interviewed um someone who was competing in the uh creative world cup earlier uh kind of a similar background and uh not knocking those guys for all the hard work they put in but yeah you you would tend to see a lot of young white males, uh, a few uh, young Asian males, I think. And I honestly, for the life of me, cannot remember a single um, uh, person of color.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I agree. I mean, one of the things that I was asking folks online the weekend of the competitive aspect of the game, and I was like, does anybody have any pictures of all the other comp- uh, people who are competing in the mm-hmm. competitive side of things? And somebody who I know on the team hit me up and gave me some some pictures of the people. And I looked through it and I rifled through it. And I was like, there are no black kids in here.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, of course, I'm looking for, you know, all POCs, but I was specifically looking for black kids because one of the things I constantly think about when it comes to the conversation about esports is how much we are not a part of that conversation. Although we, you know, the African-American dollars are spent often on games and often on media and often on entertainment. And I know Mm -hmm. that video games as the largest sector of entertainment in the world right now, I know we are spending our money in these places. Why are we not being represented in, in esports, and especially in the Fortnite community that is increasingly younger. And I think at least specifically in the Fortnite uh, tournament, the oldest kid to, uh, to perform on the competitive side was 24. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, knowing all those factors makes me think of like, again, I don't, I don't put this on the, on the doorstep of Epic because I don't think this is the thing that they're specifically doing to discriminate against Brown kids. But I think it is the bigger conversation about, again, looking at the socioeconomic history of black kids, Brown kids in these spaces who can't afford PCs to game on, who then can be performing in these tournaments. And then, you know, have the ability to win some of this life-changing kinds of money and then be able to, you know, expand on those things later on in the future. I think it, I think it's a thing that people should be paying attention to because uh, you see it not only just in Fortnite, but you see it in League of Legends, Dota, you know, mm-hmm. anything where the main platform is the PC, you don't see a lot of brown kids being recruited for esports. You do see them in the FGC and you do see them in the NBA 2K League but you don't see them anywhere else.
0: One of the most interesting things uh, kind of about that is in the fighting game community, like you're right, uh, PC gaming is incredibly expensive and most of those games will demand a a relatively well-built rig, but you can compete on the same scale uh, in, in Soul Calibur and tech and what have you with a generic PS4. And it's worth noting that so many of the top competitors surprisingly use the PlayStation controller uh, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily a fight stick and fight sticks. Aren't like, they're not terribly expensive. They can run from like a hundred dollars to like probably three or 400 if you want to get something crazy, but uh, being able to see like Sonic Fox uh, walking up to DBZ fighters or Mortal Kombat 11 and using a controller uh just means that that's one little more level of accessibility that the uh POC community has right
1: yeah like i remember there were some pictures going around of sonic fox when he was like a wee lad uh in the fighting oh, boy. game community a and, kit. Yeah. He's, a Sonic kit. Yeah. Sonic kid. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's nuts now because it's like, you know, he's still young, but he was a uh, baby, I'm sad, baby. I'm sad. You
0: didn't get my joke. A uh, uh, baby Fox is called a kit. I did. I did. Oh, you I, did.
1: I did. I was, I smiled. I smiled at that. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, I remember seeing pictures of him sitting in the stands watching everybody else play and then getting on you know, with his again, with his controller, it is it is the easiest version of being able to participate, because lots of kids will get consoles as opposed to PCs as their first initial foray into gaming. So it's like it makes a lot of sense to see why kids in those spaces are doing that work, especially that, you know, arcades aren't a thing anymore. So it's like you're going to play those games on console because and especially because uh fighting games have only most recently started to migrate over onto the pc side of the fence so it makes a lot of sense i'm hoping that they'll be able to at some point hopefully match the kinds of money that come into the space because if you see the, the 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 prize pots that you get at a fighting game tournament as opposed to mm-hmm. any Fortnite tournament at now you you can't even compare like I think
0: like was it the the even the lowest competitors at the world tournament for fortnite earn something like twenty thousand, maybe like
1: like check this out and this is the reason why i'm starting to play fortnite tomorrow because (laughs) (laughs) because who like 11 through 50 in that tournament competitively brought home 100k think Mm. about that think about how much money is in that pot and mind you even if you came out at 50th that's still life-changing money that's more than what the median household income is for for one person, right? Is like mm. more than 40 grand you came home after taxes with. So like think about just how again, life-changing money is life-changing if you have access to the ability to compete. And if you don't have the ability to compete, then you're automatically blocked out of some of that stuff.
0: You know, we're going to get movies one day about uh like kids from disadvantaged communities raising their family out of that uh, via esports money, you know, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: there'll be there'll be a Rudy of video games at some point. Exactly, I mean? like there'll be exactly. something that'll be like that, and it'll be well deserved. And hopefully, we'll see it soon.
0: And you know, uh, we talk about uh, some of the the more friendly elements of the fighting game community. Uh, I thought arguably the most beautiful, uh, one of the most beautiful moments, t- basically tied with the Arslan Ash prayer moment, was. Uh, when goichi who if i remember correctly is japanese winning at dbz fighters over sonic fox and this was this was the one i probably watched the most intensely besides soul caliber yeah uh because sonic fox loses to goichi in the first bracket uh gets sent to losers bracket and climbs his way all the way back to challenge goichi again at the very grand finals mm-hmm. and uh just like their first game it was neck and neck last character last health bar uh and goichi wins by a hair and they cut the camera to look at them and their you know physical reactions and goichi is sobbing is ripping his his glasses off putting his uh fight stick down on the table and is hunched over and shaking like he's having a a panic attack of sorts Uh, but in a good (laughs) in a good way (laughs) and he looks over he looks over at sonic fox sonic fox this entire time has been a a really positive expression on his face he's cheering and clapping and like kind of you know trying to hug goichi and goichi looks over at him uh he's he's hunched back in his seat and i don't know what he said i don't know if we'll ever know but it clearly looked like you know hey man you're my friend and Hmm. and thank you and thank you for this and i know goichi is another one of those guys who's been trying to get to that top top position for a while and he was nursing a hand injury and all this nonsense but uh we talk about of course the the fighting game community has had a a bad reputation in the past for its bro-ness and it's it's more uh uh strong you know kind of competitive language that it employs but seeing sonic fox and goichi be like that it really feels like kind of turning a corner
1: yeah i mean the camaraderie that you see within the fighting game community is i think one of the best parts about it because i feel like it is this very competitive space where of course you'll see the occasional pop-off like there was a huge pop-off a couple weeks ago with buffalo and scar in the mk community where so this kind of larger white kid kind of like getting in the face of this, of this kind of shorter black dude. Hmm. And and the internet kind of went like a little bit ape ape S uh, about it uh, because it was the optics of that moment looked bad in comparison mm-hmm. to, you know, what we're used to. Um, but I think most people in that space, they kind of knew that that was a, a part of, again, that that climbing of the mountain that you see constantly between competitors is, you know, Goichi and Sonic Fox going back and forth over over now, years at this point, between uh, different games and different and different sets at different tournaments. and then Goichi being able to finally best Sonic and then Sonic kind of just again, like embracing him. it is it is those beautiful moments where we get a chance to see, you know, people triumph over adversity, right? You get to see people who have practiced and practiced and practiced uh, to be able to be the best at the game that they play. And you have rivals. You constantly have people who Mm -hmm. you can't beat and they kick your behind and then you finally beat them and you maybe talk a little bit of crap. Or maybe you break down in tears like Oichi did because (laughs) then, you know, you've become the best in the in, in the world for that year. And and that stuff is beautiful. Like I love those moments because they just pull together just like how fantastic the the fighting game community can be because it is this very one on one thing. Like it, it is one of the reasons why I think the fighting game community and fighting games translate so well into esports is because you have that one on one thing. You don't have a hundred people trying to vie for one yeah. particular space.
0: You not even just... not even the Fortnite organizers can keep up with all of their competitors. It's like, Oh cool, this kid win. I I wish we had seen the arc of right. his story, right?
1: Right, right. You you hardly ever see the grow story. You don't you don't see the like I started from the bottom, now we're here story unless unless those people have been consistently good in those things and they have finally found their way to win but the fighting game community has personalities it has has rivalries it has history it has all those things that make it a interesting story and then you can tell that story through the actual fight and then the post the post commentary that happens afterward hmm.
0: and you know I I wanted to pick your brain we we've talked about it a little bit already why the FGC really uh, uh, attracts uh, people of color and those kinds of communities, Um, of course, because of accessibility reasons, perhaps representation reasons, but Mortal Kombat, especially, Mm -hmm. you're the, you're the bigger Mortal Kombat guy here. Uh, Why, first off, I suppose, how, how did Mortal Kombat feel this year? And uh, is there, is there a particular reason why I feel like I see a lot more uh, people of color competitors entering mortal Kombat tournaments than almost any other uh game
1: I, I mean i think that especially because the game is so new you know like there's been at least five or six maybe even seven or eight tournaments already since the debut of that game earlier in the year it's just now turning towards you know we're in august now but i think that thing came out maybe in february hmm. so it's like one you have a new game which automatically attracts various people to the, to, to that particular title and then you also have the legacy of you know, most fighting game players are cross-playing anyway. They're playing multiple games at a a time. So you'll have cats who may be playing um, Dragon Ball, Ghoul then move over to Street Fighter and then maybe dabble a little bit in in MK. I mean, I think it depends upon, you know, play style, fight style, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if there's a specific thing that attracts POCs to Mortal Kombat in a way. I think that some of the marketing might have been really dope in the way that they kind of pulled in um, a little bit of hip-hop into it so it kind of made people, you know, raise their eyebrow a little bit. It's like, oh, what is this thing that's happening for folks who weren't already kind of waiting for that game? Um, But I do think what it does is when you have the best player on the world be a gay black furry, mm-hmm. I think that, help, that, that does nothing but help to open up the minds of people who are in that space to be able to say, like, yo, if that cat is doing this and he's that dope, like, I want to be that dope too. And it, and it's full of folks. Like I saw way more black women playing uh, on stream this year at Evo, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. There was this really fantastic French sister who was, who was playing who I forgot her name currently, but we can find it at some point. Um, And she was wrecking people with Jade. Like it was a character that's not necessarily high tier, but it was a character that she knew how to play well and was busting, busting kids behinds on there. And I was like, Oh, this is fantastic. Um, So it, it, it lends itself to, to multiple Avenues for people to showcase not only their their fighting game skills but their personality too.
0: Yeah, no, and, and I, following Soul Caliber, I, I was really I, I follow Kayane, um, mm. who I believe is a a French woman, and she ha, she's just been this kind of like big bright uh, beacon in that community because she is arguably the best i think female player a female soul caliber player out there currently she landed in the top eight and one of the first things out of her twitter feed is you know there there were a lot of people who told me a a woman can't land in the top eight at mm. evo or soul caliber and she manages to prove them wrong and uh the perhaps the magic of evo too is that anyone can enter. Of course, you're going up against the best of the best and the odds are very much stacked against you, but anyone can enter. And that, just opens up the level of the, the the diversity of the community instantly, rather than having it kind of be a gated community where you have uh, with, with Fortnite, they had, you know, weeks and weeks of preliminaries. And mm-hmm. there were uh, a number of controversies about people kind of eh, edging up against the rules and doing a couple of guys were banned for a couple of weeks and only barely managed to climb their way back out. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, do, do we know what the name of that Jade player is?
1: um i saw i think it was uh sheree or something to that to that extent i'd have to watch i have to check it out on my on my twitter feed because i know someone gave me the name of that person because i was looking specifically for them so i could follow them on twitch um if i find it before we finish the recording i will i will let you know but it was it was so great to see her do well and then also just like like represent so many different parts of the diaspora within that one particular moment that i saw her playing it was just like she was rocking it just doing her thing she had a lot of attitude that was like fantastic to see she was like working the camera it was great like i think that's the beauty of again the 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 community is like all these personalities coming out and showcasing their skills and showcasing how dope they are it's like you can't you don't get that in most other Mm -hmm. esports especially
0: so uh, you know we'll wrap up we'll, we'll get we'll <laughs> we'll start to wrap up here with uh, perhaps two last things uh, if if folks didn't see the news the last couple of days here uh, no solid snake is not coming to Tekken Seven <laughs> um, th- one of the weirder stories like I, I saw this on Twitter because people were of course you know recording at all times uh, they they brought up a video that showed off Solid Snake's codec. Uh, and this was like in the middle of the Tekken tournament not even like after or before and of course everyone's confusing like well okay Snake would make sense in a game like Tekken I suppose Uh, but turns out it was a little a quote little joke from the evo organizers and they actually did not end up uh consulting uh, konami or uh, david hayter the voice actor for snake got a little heated i don't think he actually has any like legal power over that franchise but he was kind of like you didn't consult me he's like okay so kind of a (laughs) kind of a silly moment all around
1: that was funny like that was the thing that that threw me way off was seeing David get getting people's behinds about it. He was like, "Yo, don't you use my don't you use my voice <laughs> in this thing without my permission?" And I was—he's like, probably still um, pissed
0: about Metal Gear Five. Yeah.
1: I mean, hey, I'd be mad too at Kojima for all that business and all that stuff because yeah. there is only one Solid Snake. Um, yeah. But it it was a cool—it's it, weird because it's a cool moment, and it got everybody super hyped about a thing, and then they had to pull it back because it was a joke. And I'm just sad because it was a good joke. It was a really good joke. It was a nice thing to see you break up some of the tension <laughs> uh, that was in there. So anyway, it, I, shout out to David Hater. That's all I would say. I just love David Hater. David oh, hater' Hader. is a wonderful person.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. We got the name of that competitor now, right?
1: Yes. I believe it's Cherise. I'm going to say it's Cherise. I'm probably butchering it, but she's amazing. She is fantastic.
0: The Frenchie in Cali Cali. Yep. And yeah, uh, you know, I let, let's wrap up by talking a little bit about. I feel like this was even for these very awesome, seminal moments, full of tears and emotion and and uh, catharsis and diversity. It was a weird Evo. I feel mm. like, and and it's been interesting. I I tried looking this up earlier because I was writing up a like a how to watch Evo guide for work like two weeks ago. Uh, did not see if ESPN was actually covering Evo in any way. Right. and i i wondered about that because of course the final event was smash brothers ultimate uh which i feel like a- appeals pretty well to a western crowd mm-hmm. and uh you had soul Calibur, which was not featured last year because it came out uh, a little bit after evo 2018 right yet soul Calibur was relegated to day 1 they did the entire tournament on day 1 and then DBZ Fighters and Mortal Kombat and I think one other uh, ended on day two. And right. that's where you saw uh, Sonic Fox and Goichi, uh, Sonic Fox winning Mortal Kombat, and uh, a couple others. And I'm just thinking like, man, D- did DBZ Fighters really fall far enough that something like BlazBlue cross tag battle, uh, which I-, I don't know how the, the community um, community numbers stack up. Did DBZ fall that much that it had to like go down to day two, or could it come back in some way? I don't know Did, did you feel like the right games kind of got their due, or is it or am I perhaps being selfish
1: i I mean i th- I swore that Moto like in and, and for the folks at home that don't know, like day two, uh which is usually on sun, no day Saturday. three, which is Sunday
0: Sa- yeah Sunday
1: is the one where they move everything from the Mandalay Bay to another venue or another section of the mandalay bay that has the huge uh kind of evo logo uh um stage on it so like mm-hmm. the, st- the 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 viewing of it is very different than it is when you do the first two days so it's like a bigger spectacle for all of the folks involved um i was surprised mortal Kombat didn't make it to day three to be honest i thought yeah. that, that game was going to be there one because it's new two because they have they had the most compet they had the most competitors that they've ever had for a Mortal Kombat tournament this year. They had over fifteen hundred entrants for that particular part of their um part of their competition, and like it is the game right now that made the most money, at least in terms of twenty nineteen, uh, for fighting games. Because I think that and, and someone double check that because I may be I may be off, but I think that they made a crap ton of money this year.
0: And you uh, uh you you want to fun. talk about like kind of appealing to a Western audience, especially because the, you know, the events held in Vegas. Right. Uh, if you want to talk about like building up that audience, I understand smash brothers being on the main day. That's a relatively new game. And smash brothers is something that's, you know, played in a lot of Western living rooms with friends or by yourself. Right. Uh, but mortal Kombat, mortal Kombat is like the seminal Western video game. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was very peculiar.
1: And the watchability of games like SoulCal or Tekken or MK is very different than Smash. Like Smash mm-hmm. is a free for all all over the place. So it's, yeah. it's not as easy to just visually pick up what's happening in those games. So it is, it is a weird, a weird uh, choice for, for the Evo folks to be able to uh, not put one of those games in, in the final day. So, you know, we'll see what happens if, if they make it to the final, final day next year. Cause I think that the, the groupings and the, communities would have even grown more uh by next year um so we'll see Uh, i'm excited for it but smash the smash community is always hype like they always bring the hype anyway so i figure that's the reason why they wanted that to be the last game
0: i will say you know the readability of certain games i i had not played tekken ever uh except for maybe like at a demo station back in like the mid 2000s uh, but seeing the pros play Tekken 7 really gave me an appreciation for the flow of that game. And mm-hmm. for me, so, for me, Soul Calibur is just this perfect blend of I like weapon style fighting more than uh just like Street Fighter or Tekken style fisticuffs. And uh I just feel like the flow of something like Soul Calibur is better and still watchable. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, Soul uh Smash Brothers Ultimate, it's more a game of like watching okay who's getting pushed to the outer limits of the screen before they you know explode in a shower of sparks (laughs) and uh i believe the two contestants for the grand championship were a like pokemon bulbasaur charizard uh squirtle player Mm. and then a joker player from persona so it was a little bit of like they're really tiny on the screen yeah. and I know I, I can tell like who's hitting who and I, I can obviously the percentage meter rising, but uh, I, I don't for the life of me know what move was just pulled there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I want them to do next year is I want them to pull in a real, just weird out of nowhere game. I know that Xavier Woods uh, from the WWE was rocking a wind jammers tournament mm-hmm. uh, at Evo this year. I want, I want them to intersperse some of the kind of serious quote unquote serious stuff with some more kind of, out there fun stuff too i think that that would be fun to bring more people in and seems i don't what, know seems did ESPN like, uh, two bring in them bring in evo this year i know they did it last well, year right bring in what espn2 did uh broadcast evo do they didn't do that know. this year right okay.
0: no I, I don't i don't think so and i think that's what it was broadcast on when uh long island joe kind of had his his uh big shining moment and we we talk about all these games and we don't we don't talk too much about street fighter and i was reading a couple of takes and we'll use this here to wrap up Street Fighter seemed to have a difficult year this year, uh, a difficult time. It it seemed like uh, it was the second game to be played on day three. Uh, So like a kind of 11 or noon-ish slot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So not not bad by most standards, especially because it was a weekend. It would have been different if that was like a Friday and people were still at work, but... Uh it seems like Street Fighter the Steam leaked their DLC announcements. Yoshinori Ono was up there with Austin uh and <laughs> and seemed to be seemed to be kind of bummed, which is a tough thing to see a man like Ono bummed. Yeah. Uh uh yeah, what what did you think about kind of the the vibe and energy around Street Fighter this year?
1: I mean, it, to be honest, and and this is I don't want people to think I'm a Street Fighter hater cuz I'm not. But Street Fighter has just never really spoken to me past the initial you know trilogy in the beginning of when that thing came out like i feel like street fighter now is still bringing the hype for people who are super invested in that community but like when they started to like even with the leak that happened i was like oh they're still making this <laughs> i was like they're still putting out content for this game i didn't expect they'd still be putting out content for this game um i'm I'm waiting for them to be honest to be doing and pushing forth with the next thing. Um, yeah. but I can understand you know a little bit why they got pushed a little bit back to the to to the back of the room. Um, I'm hoping that they continue to 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 do cool stuff with it, and I hate to see Ono-san sad, so that makes me that makes me sad. <laughs>
0: I, uh I long ago, I tried to get a uh, good friend, Michael Martin, to come on the show. He's the uh, Capcom eSports kind of director uh, these days, worked his way up from freelance games media. Uh, so uh, a good big friend of mine. But uh, <laughs> Capcom absolutely said no taking interviews with people. So oh, we may man. never get we, we may never get the answers to that. But uh, Khalif, thank you so much, man, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. We wanted to keep things short today, folks, uh, just to uh, get this week's episode out of the way uh, and be as timely as possible since Evo ended on Sunday. And this will be going up Tuesday morning when you hear it. And uh, I, I'm i so glad that I sat down and took the time to watch my favorite games at Evo and to see those moments happen in real time, um, if you folks want to see uh, the final matches of everything, I wrote up this uh, really good uh, kind of roundup along with video footage uh, for IGN with all the uh, final listings. But uh, Khalif, as e- since Evo is winding up here, I imagine you must have talked about it on this week's episode of Spawn on Me, right?
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about um, you know just some of the the gameplay stuff that that went down on Evo side. Uh, we talked a little bit about kind of some of the stuff that we talked about with the Fortnite uh, lack of, of brown people in it and, and some other topics as well. Uh, we talked about our wonderful friends over at the ESA as well uh, and had a nice conversation <laughs> about uh, all the things that happened there. Um, so, yeah, it was a chock full of, of stuff this week. And, you know, you'll, you'll get to hear me kind of love on MK a little bit more uh, over on spawn on me.
0: Yep, count me among those uh, those victims of the E3 this year. Or so, <laughs> cleaning <laughs> up a mess after that. But <laughs> all right, and uh, Khalif, where can people find Spawn on Me and all the things that you do in this wonderful world?
1: Uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms. We're on everything that you can possibly listen to. We're also on Portland Radio at XRay.fm. You can listen to Hell us on. Yeah. The internet there or 101.1 uh, FM, uh, if that's correct. I think I got that right this time. Um, and you can see us on Twitch every Thursday, usually on, uh, around 7 p.m. Uh, you can hit us up on YouTube and all the other social media platforms. And again, Joe, thank you so much, man, for having me. I always love to rock with you. Dude, uh, thank doing you. shows with you is always fantastic. So thank you and the rest of the 1099 crew and the 1099 fan for having
0: me. Next time we're in the same city, uh we'll have to hang out for longer than a simple hug at Pactor's party.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I got I got to give you a quick hug and then and then and then dip out, but it was good to see you.
0: All the people I love, leave me too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and folks, you can you can support the 1099. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the 1099 podcast. We recently dipped below a thousand followers and I'm pissed about that. So uh, get me back up to them four digits, please. Dang and right. uh, follow me at Joseph Noop K-N-O-O-P on Twitter. And uh, please, yeah, support the show any way you can. And I appreciate it. And we will see all of y'all next week.